Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey, Better Together family, Jeff from the booth with a couple quick announcements. Um, The first announcement relates to our Patreon community. I know a lot of you all in the $10 and up tier are either RSVP'd or super excited for the Catherine Woodward Thomas event tonight. And unfortunately, owing to a last minute series of crazy circumstances, we need to reschedule. Um, A huge storm hit Connecticut last night and NorCal is still dealing with the fires, which means both Catherine and Maria don't have power today. Um, Luckily, they're both fine. Everyone is safe. And we even discussed for a long time um, how we could possibly still run the event tonight. But we came to realize that if we finagled this event without having power, we were really just going to be half-assing it and cheating you guys out of what's going to be an amazing show. So don't worry. We are actively and excitedly rescheduling the Catherine Woodward Thomas event. Um, It's most likely going to be happening next week. So you should have received an email already. And just keep your eye on that email because we will be announcing the new time and date on that thread. Secondly, for all of our listeners, it is International Podcast Day, and we know that you guys are passionate and excited listeners of Better Together with Maria, and it would really, really help the show if you would go ahead and tweet out about our show. Um, The best way to do this would be to tweet at Maria Menounos and hashtag International Podcast Day, telling your friends about how much you love Better Together with Maria Menounos. In that tweet, we ask that you would either include a link to the podcast so they can subscribe or to the YouTube so they can subscribe. Um, But doing that will really help the show and we'll look at those tweets and it would mean a lot for us to see you give us a little shout out for International Podcast Day. So thank you so much. I tried to keep it quick and um, we are going to dive into the show right now. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. Love this music. Can this just be our music all the time? I like this. Yes, it can. (laughs) Kelsey's like, yes, I have no microphone. (laughs) And now it's on. (laughs) (laughs) It is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. And our quote of the day 
Don't fear your weakness. Fear drowning in despair for the rest of your time on Earth because you were too afraid to confront your pain. Ooh, that's harsh. It is a harsh But it's true. Mm -hmm. Truth is harsh. And that is from our guest, Rachel Hollis, who we are so excited to have on the show today. She's a three-time New York Times bestselling author, self-help author. Uh, We're going to talk about weathering the storms of intense loss and grief. I have marked up this book, guys. It is such an easy, great read, and really, really helpful. Um, lots to talk about with that, actually. Um, so excited. I had some some kind of like little aha moments in there, but we'll get to that. In the meantime, if you haven't hit subscribe and you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. Click subscribe on YouTube so you get all the notifications and you don't miss a guest. Um, If you haven't joined us on Patreon, now is the time, guys. We're really leaning in there and trying to make it a great experience for everybody. We're hosting incredible workshops um, and uh, healing events. So if you click the link tree on our Instagram at Better Together with Maria or on mine at Maria Menounos, it will take you right to it. It's super easy. Just click, click, click. And you can join us over on Patreon for ad-free content and extra content and these amazing healing workshops where you actually have an intimate experience with some of these incredible guests that we have on the show. So we're really proud of what we're building over there. And we're really excited for all the new members that are, you know, coming on in. So welcome to our Heal Squad. That is an official term that we have coined here. That's right. On the show. You're all a part of the Heal Squad. So thank you for being with us. Fall foliage, I know you guys were um, wanting to chat a little bit about this. So I am blown away by how gorgeous it is. And I have a theory. So they say that the fall leaves change colors because the chlorophyll goes away, right? Jeff, you're the smart one on the show. That's nice of you to say. I, I will never <laughs> not saying that, you're not Kelsey. Up, no. Just I'm, I'm referring to me. I understand. But go ahead. Um, I'm looking it up. I, uh, I I think that's right. Yeah, it's chlorophyll like, is what turns leaves green. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how it goes away, but maybe it decides to like hibernate like bears or something. But any the chlorophyll like goes away somehow. Hmm. I did. It's not because know that. the leaves stop their food making process because of the changes in length and daylight. And I did ah, look that up. <laughs> okay. So so what happens to the chlorophyll specifically? The chlorophyll breaks down and the color disappears because there's no food being made in the leaves okay. anymore. So, so the browns and oranges wow. we're seeing are actually the leaves dying, but it's beautiful. So here's Aww. my other question. Okay. Um, and this is going to be a Jessica Simpson moment because I'm a little tired right now. So we breathe out carbon dioxide. That helps plants create oxygen for us. That's mm-hmm. the cycle, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. good. I didn't Jessica Simpson anything. Um, <laughs> love you, Jessica. So that's the cycle. So I have a theory. So you know in the winter when your skin starts getting dry and your lips get chapped yeah. and like, you know, we're all suffering with, you know, dryness. I have a theory it's because of the trees lacking chlorophyll and mm. now they're not producing the oxygen anymore. And so without the oxygen, there's we, no moisture in the air. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense to me. It's really insightful. I'm looking it up. It makes sense. So, I mean, it was just kind of one of those moments that hit me when I was sitting outside looking at the leaves and thinking about how my skin is getting drier and drier. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, these things must be connected. Yeah. And so that was my theory. Maria, I like it. 
I could have been a scientist, guys. You could have. <laughs> you could have. You still can. I'm wicked smart. Wicked smart. You still can. You're just curious. And that's yeah. what makes you a good interviewer is so you true. are in, you have an insatiable appetite for answers, which uh, mm, I think is a, is a good foundation to be smart, you know? I was always curious when I was a kid, not to Dr. Um, Phillips this, but Dr. Anita. Mm-hmm. Remember? She's like, when I was a kid, I always, oh, yeah. I always asked why. Yeah. But I wasn't the annoying kid that's like, but how come? But why? Mm-hmm. But why? I was less annoying than that. But yeah. I always wanted to know why. Why? Yeah. Were you guys that curious? Yeah, I was the same way. I didn't like not... No, I didn't like if someone just gave me the answer. I wanted to understand how we got there. Like, mm-hmm. I am a big solution person. It's like, help me, help me understand why this happened or mm-hmm. why we got there. I don't just want the answer. I mean, everybody's yeah. curious. Yeah. But I think some of us maybe to a higher level. I think some people are happy just being like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm chill. Yeah, no, I want to know. For sure. For sure. My nickname uh, was the question man growing up when I was a little kid Stop because it. I would Stop. always ask questions. Yeah. So I was, I guess I'm the same way. I mean, it makes sense. We chose to work in this business. I feel like it's hard to work in the entertainment industry, especially in, you know, podcasting and talk. Because it's all about curiosity, right? Yeah. If we weren't curious people, we would not really enjoy When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Enjoy this job. Yeah. Jeff, how often do you think you're going to have to hold the microphone physically? <laughs> like, are you going to trip over the cord, as Kevin says, and just do that forever? Or are you going to order something that sits on your desk and can make your life easier? Maybe a nice little block. I guess that's a good idea. In fact, what if I did this? How's that? I mean, that's great. It's like, fine. is that easier for your life? What is Pretty that? Nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the suggestion. Oh. She ha- See, Maria always brings answers and solutions on this show. Maria's all about... In case you never about... believed it. Here we go. She's all about common sense. She says she brings common sense to our generation, which is so true. She'll I mean, be like, Kelsey, do this. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know, but that's because yes. my mom was like that. Yeah. So I always felt like stupid with my mom because my mom would be like, I can't do it. And she'd be like, she'd look at me and then she'd go ding, ding, ding. And then boom, it was like something, you know, she yeah. like created life in front of me, like always. So when you have someone that has so much common sense guiding mm. you through your life, I feel like you just acquire so much more of it than others. So I definitely have um, a fair amount of it, I guess. Well, I'm always very thankful. You do. You share it. So Jeff, glad your uh, mic is better now. I know. I wonder how long I would have gone. <laughs> what serious. did you put it on? Like it was right in front of you. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble because you know what I put it on? Oh my God. I put it like on dirty an empty coffee, coffee cup. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yep. Oh yep. my god. So I'm predictable. It's funny because Kevin calls it tripping over the cord. Mm-hmm. Like we'll just keep tripping over the cord and we don't realize how annoying it is and how stressful it is. Just take the few minutes to figure out the solution for mm-hmm. it and then your life will get so mm-hmm. much better. We had that the other day, Jeff. Uh, the paper towel rack. I kept refilling it, but it was like sideways and crooked. It was I, literally like the le- the the leaning pizza. And I literally thought but it, was, it wasn't like that before. No, and I was like, yeah, it's broken. I'm like, I don't know how it broke. Maria's like, screw it on. I go, cause. she goes. <laughs> so what are we doing? We're actually going to officially break this at some yeah. point. I go. Yeah. There's screwdrivers in the drawer that says tools, and you just go one, two, three. Oh, look, it's all tightened up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, do you feel like there's anything in your house right now that's just like the thing that you know you need to fix but you haven't? I feel like we've got a couple Ooh. of those in our apartment mm-hmm. that we just need to take a Saturday and fix. Well, the thing that was that for me here in Connecticut, so my parents and, you know, listen, we've been dealing with a life and death situation with my mom, so I get it. Without without my mom being my mom in like her normal state where she wasn't sick, the laundry was the biggest kind of like gaping hole in this house so it would just pile up and people would go in and take something or whatever and just leave this pile so there was a folded pile in the laundry room for a long time when Kelsey and I got here because I just had too many battles open there were a lot of like things to do so when I finally cleared out this massive table filled with clothes they're my parents clothes and I put them away and then I went in there and even things that bothered me, like I knew my dad rushed out in a in a hurry when we found out my mom's tumor was back. I literally called them from NLA and I said, dad, I know this is going to be really like stressful for you right now. And this is a lot, especially after what we just heard, but you're getting on a plane in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Like literally you need to go to your room right now, pack, pack mom up and get in the car and go. And he was like, Okay. And so, you know, like the, in his closet, clothes were like not hung up and whatever. So I went in, I cleaned out their closets. I set them all up. I put everything away. I organized everything. And so that made me feel so much better. And I've talked to people about this forever. There's the room in your house. That's a disgusting hoarding Mm -hmm. mess. Okay. Everybody has it. Um, sometimes mine are hidden behind locked closet doors. So aesthetically, for the most part, I can live my life and be happy. But I do have one junk closet of stuff that people send that I need to give to people and I don't have time. So I just lock it up in there. But it does wear you down. You may not realize it. You may be in denial, mm-hmm. but it does wear <laughs> you down. So I always say to people, take the time to just eat the frog My friend Desiree Gruber, she's a mogul in our industry, was like, eat the frog. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning, if you got a call that you don't want to make, eat that frog. That's the call you got to make first. I'm like, really? I go, I want to start my day with some wins. I want to feel good. So like I put off the call I don't want to make till later. And she goes, "Uh uh-uh. It drags you down, makes you sick. Eat the frog. Eat the frog. So I apply that to everything. So I'm like, Okay, we got to eat the frog. We got to we got to take on the laundry room or we got to take on that gift closet. It takes less time than you think most of the time. Most of the time we build these things up to be these massive projects. And so, if you can get somebody to come do it with you and do a swap or it's like I'll help you if you help me. Yes. That's always nice. Um because 
you know, it's almost, it's always more fun when you're doing it with someone because well, we're better at it. Right. And it's an accountability partner, right? Was it Grace Harry, Jeff, who talked about that? Mm-hmm. Having an accountability sure partner? Yeah. It's like, yeah. They're sitting the there Grace and Harry. they're not, like, if you're going through your clothes, right? Everyone knows you pull out that top they haven't worn in four years and you're like, well, maybe one day. Yep. Uh, and then you put it back. If you have someone sitting there going, no, when was the last time you wore it? put it in the pile Mm -hmm. yeah i like that i need to do that when we get back so you just have to like eat the frog and do it because then you're free otherwise you really are like captive by your just shit the cord you're tripping Mm -hmm. over you're held captive mentally and emotionally by this stuff and so i like to have a clean foundation um you know my kitchen cabinet um that can be a hot mess like Mm -hmm. the the we have an island where we have like our miscellaneous things and you know especially now with my mom we have so many like things that are coming in and out of the house for like therapies and meds and stuff and so that thing can get disgusting too Mm -hmm. so that's frustrating my nightstand my one drawer in my nightstand that just I don't know why I can't figure it out that one I cannot figure out you guys it is just gross it's just gross yeah I try really hard. And so now with my renovation, I'm going to get a smaller nightstand. This is like a gigantic nightstand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a smaller nightstand with only one little drawer so I can fit my eye pillow, a pen, (laughs) and chapstick. (laughs) Chapstick and maybe some Tylenol. That's it. Done. Perfect. The one joke I always hear is that like consistently for every woman, and maybe you two can prove me wrong on this, the center console of their car is like the nightmare zone. Yes or no? Yeah, I I've gotten better. I've gotten better, but it is not fun. Yeah, because we have so much. Gr- being yeah. a girl is a lot of work. Yeah, I know. We have lipsticks we got to carry, yeah. and hand sani, and like a little makeup in case, and like you know. I feel like mine used to be that way, but the amount of times that I've had lipstick or chapstick or those sort of things melt being in my car in LA, so I don't really have that much stuff. Hmm. Only because I've been scarred by my melting expensive chapstick. Yeah. But yes. like Maria said, <laughs> we have to have powders and all this jazz that at any minute we would have to yeah. spruce our brushes, whatever it is. Yeah. Because yeah. we always have to look perfect, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. You guys don't I, have Sometimes to. I'll joke with Laura. Sometimes like <laughs> if we're just going for a walk, she'll be like, do I have to put makeup on? And I go, you dare not paint your face before emerging <laughs> oh in public? Oh my God. <laughs> you must paint your face. To be considered a person, paint it. Yeah, but that's what we do. We ask our husbands, "Like, honey, can I can I go out looking like this right now? Is this okay? Is this acceptable?" And you're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Really?" Wow. Like I do the Scooby. I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> uh, and then it. I'll walk. No, the best actually. This is the best story. So one of those mornings, I'm like, oh, "I don't want to wear makeup or whatever. We're just going to Whole Foods." Yeah. Okay. So we go, and Kevin's like, "Yeah, you're you're you look fine. Don't worry." So we go to Whole Foods, and who do we bump into? Wilmer Valderrama with his new hot, like, girlfriend. Stop. And he goes, of course, you had to look like shit when you see Wilmer, right? So we're dying laughing. Wilmer's like my brother. I love him. He's like a good friend. But, you know, like, in the industry, people know you as a certain thing. And then if they see you, like, looking like the complete opposite, then the first thing people are going to think of is like, oh, she's lost it. Oh, she's a hot mess. Oh, what's Mm -hmm. going on in her life or whatever? Not that Wilmer would be judging me. I know that. Right. But so then still. the next time, so this is like maybe a few months later, honey, um, you think I can go out looking like this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, in, she's really hot mess outfit too. Like sweaty, like yucky, not good sweats, not cute sweats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you think I'm like I, don't, I really am just so tired I don't want to go upstairs and change again and he's like you're fine okay we go out who do we bump into? Wilmer Valderrama. No way! <laughs> With another hot girlfriend, and I look like shit again. And I was like, "That's so God! funny, guys." No, I could do this multiple times. This happens so many times. Wilmer and us were like on the same wavelength somehow. That's so, so funny. There was one time where I redeemed myself. I think. I think I remember that, but it was really funny. So yeah, that's hilarious. He knows. He yeah. just knows. For so he's like, oh. Maria's not going to be all dressed to the nines. We got to go to Whole Foods. And navigating, you know. Hey, everyone. It's Kelsey. And Jeff. And we are here to tell you a bit about our partner, Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast. And maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast, too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons. But to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. That's, That's amazing. funny. That's really funny. But yeah, you know, you know, it's hard, like, being a girl, you know, it's and Laura, like, she might bump into somebody she works with who 100%. she doesn't want to look, you know, you never unkept, know. you know? Yep. It's not that we need to look glamorous, but, we, you know, it's not as easy for girls to not look kept, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have mad up. empathy. I, like, I get it. I'm like, Laura... I know it's unfair that you have to spend this extra time getting ready, but I'm telling you, I don't want to be late to this thing. So I'm asking you take the extra time now to start getting ready so that we're not late to this. But I also acknowledge, I know it's not fair, but yeah. you have to go. To- <laughs> <laughs> but like start getting ready. Cause you take forever. That's yes. So great. Oh man. Uh, well, we, um, we should get to our interview with uh, Rachel because I'm really excited about it. She's an American author, motivational speaker, lifestyle blogger. Her self-help book, her first one, Girl, Wash Your Face, released in 2018, became a New York Times number one bestseller, selling over four and a half million copies to date. Her upcoming book, Didn't See That Coming, which I have here and read and was amazing, was written through quarantine as she went through one of the toughest periods of her life and all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go to It first came into the house because of Kevin, he was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them discusses the big feelings both good and bad that come with major changes uh do we have rachel we yeah. have yes oh, perfect oh, timing here she is yay awesome. hi rachel 
Hi, I don't know why the internet hates me today, but here I am. Are you doing like a zillion interviews since your book is out today? It is. It's a really interesting way to do a press tour, I must say. On the one hand, I don't have to travel, but on the other hand, navigating, you know, internet is pretty wild. I know. I know. So you've done both now, or you're in the midst of doing both. Yeah. Is it better being home? Well, I appreciate that I'm not out on the road, certainly, because you know how exhausting that is. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also an energy that happens in those that I'm definitely missing in this experience. Like just being around other human beings instead of talking through a screen, I think changes the energy around this entire process. So it has both good and bad parts to it. Yeah. Well, I, um, I know that you know, you wrote this during quarantine, you were going through a tough time. Everybody's been going through a tough time, but share with everybody what kind of was going through your life. Cause I know you were saying that normally you wouldn't write something like this in the midst of something like you haven't lived with it and dealt with it yet. Um, right. But I, I found that really refreshing and I'm sure at some point you realize, hmm, maybe people will find it refreshing because you can, we can all dive into the experience with you. Yeah. So, you know, I was actually editing the book that was meant to come out this year for me, which was a book about health and body image and the way that we as women are sort of raised to feel about our bodies. And I was writing in my typical style, which is usually funny and irreverent. And I was editing that book and just thinking, this feels so tone deaf. You know, it was within that first month that we were inside of quarantine and everyone was so scared. And I just thought, I don't want to, I don't want to bring out something like this that feels um, like it doesn't match up. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really important for me in anything that I do is I always want to meet my reader. I want to meet my audience where she's at. Um, I think there are incredible teachers who are asking you to kind of come up to their level. And I think that I have seen um, for me and for my community that if I can meet her where she's at and kind of walk with her, that tends to um, create you know, more lasting change. So as I was editing that other book, I just kept thinking, this is not the right conversation. And then I asked, okay, well, what would the conversation be? And I started working on this and I got through the first draft. And um, when I was going into edits for the first time, uh, my marriage had ended. And that was, as you can imagine, brutal. Um, and even trying to work in that time period, let alone trying to work and offer wisdom or teach or anything um, like that felt almost impossible. So what I say in the opening chapter of the book is that this has, you know, the unique duality of having been written both inside and outside of pain. So where in the past I might say like, hey, I walked through this thing and here's what I know. Now it's like I'm walking through this thing with you. Mm -hmm. And here's what I'm learning in real time. Um, so it is yet to be seen whether or not that's something that will resonate with people. Oh, I'm pretty positive it will because I felt it. Um, I have a thousand marks in here as well. Um, <laughs> but something that really clicked with me um, was this part here. Um, when other people being sorry only, oh wait, sorry. Um, Let's see. When your marriage ended, everyone was sorry. 
and you said you appreciate the sentiment, the prayers, the well wishes, but here's something only people who have gone through hard things understand. Other people being sorry only adds to your pain. When people say they're sorry, the polite response is, it's okay, or I'm fine, or some other inane platitude to make the other person feel safe to be around your misery. And then you go on to say, I'm not okay. And I just, that just hit me so much because I, I, I feel like I talk a little bit on the show here about like, nobody cares. Somehow, like just, you know, don't even bother. Like, like nobody wants to hear your shit because they're dealing with their shit. And right. I think you can only understand that when you're going through shit. Like my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer four years ago. I see things so differently now where you look around and you're like, wow, people that you thought would step up and maybe like visit or say hello or make an effort or whatever like you're like wow you all say all these things you all say family first and you know we're all there for each other and all this stuff and then you're like wait but you've never even come to visit or Mm -hmm. you only come if we throw a party like or you have a million excuses to why you can't come and then so so I've been wrestling with that lately and trying to figure out how to help people understand that they're just making excuses and they're going to regret it later or at the same time maybe they won't who knows maybe they just are so self-involved but this whole notion of like trying to make it comfortable for other people is really sad because the whole point of a friendship or a relationship is that you should be able to tell people how you truly feel and whether they're skilled enough or capable enough to really help you out of it just to be an ear and to listen and to hug you and to you know be there for them is more than enough and I think it's a really important message to share with people so that they can understand how to be better in those scenarios right well you know what I would also say too is most people don't know how to respond to someone else's pain Mm -hmm. like in fact I would say in Uh, like having gone through some pretty awful things in my life, not at all, you know, what you walk through with your mom, but having gone through some awful things, what I can understand is that people don't come around because either they don't know what they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to act. Or even if it's subconscious, they don't want to be reminded that life is short. They don't want to see that people are sick. They don't, they are not capable of carrying that or holding space for that for somebody else. And it's not, uh, it's not something to excuse it away, but I think it is a reminder of nobody knows the right answer. And so if you're listening to this and you have someone in your life who's struggling and you think, oh, well, they'll tell me what they need. (laughs) Like, you know, you reach out to your friend and you're like, what do you need? They don't freaking know. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they need. And I, you know, a really perfect real-time example of this is one of my best friends reached out last night and she knew I was having a hard week. Um, you know, having to talk about all the hard things in this book over and over and over again is pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. And I'm also still inside of a divorce and I'm trying to navigate all of these things simultaneously. And so she was reaching out to check on me and like, Hey, what can we do? And I just said, you know, I just want to survive this week. Honestly, like I'm kind of in that mode. Like I just want to survive. And I walked into my office today and my two best friends were here hiding with poppers, like um, confetti poppers. The book's called Didn't See That Coming. And like one jumped out when I walked in and was like, (laughs) like, didn't see that coming. And I'm cackling, laughing. 
and like crying, walking into yeah. my office, not even thinking. And then the other one was hidden under the desk. And so she did it. So they scared me not once, but twice. Amazing. And there's like right outside my desk is balloons and champagne. And they're like, we don't care what you're saying you need. What you need is to laugh right now. What yeah. you need is something silly. What They don't have the perfect answer, mm -hmm. but they knew that I needed something. And so they showed up in the way that felt the best for them. And honestly was such a gift for me this morning. I just like starting my day roaring with laughter and like so surprised. And so what I would say, if you're listening to this and you have someone in your life who's telling you like, no, I'm fine. Or they're telling you, yeah, I'll reach out if I just do what you would want, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, you know, what my gut says, do you know your Enneagram number? My what? Your Enneagram number? No. Do you not know about Enneagram? No. The queen of personal development and growth. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind right now. When you are done with this episode, you need to Google Enneagram. Enneagram, Enneagram. It's a, it's a personality test. Uh -huh. It's been around since like ancient Greece okay. and it divides personalities into numbers, uh, one through nine. And it is wild. Oh my God. It I'm is gonna so do wild. It. It I know like my Myers-Briggs, like I've done that no, stuff. I know. No, this is, this is, it's really become trendy in the last couple of years because okay. it's so insanely accurate. Um, and then if you have a partner, you can compare your number to their number and see how they work together. It'll blow your mind. Wow. But so I'm, I never mind. I thought that I knew your number and you were going to say it, but I can't now because I don't okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell taking. you what it is after though. I'm going to do it Please. immediately. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. But what I was going to say is to me, what it sounds like is you, if I'm, if I'm guessing what it's. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Sounds like as you're saying you know how you would respond mm -hmm. for your friend or yep. your family member were they in a similar situation. And so it sounds like maybe there's hurt in that you would show up in a certain way yep. and you're not seeing that from the people that you love. Well, isn't that the but, way it always is? We always expect course. what we would do for people. And then we're, Absolutely. that's why I have like on my mouse pad, temper expectations because, mm. you know, you always think, well, this is what I would do, but they're a different person and they may not Absolutely. have had the same experiences. So I try to use what I see and what I've gone through to share with people like, hey, have you considered just sending some flowers if you don't right. have the time to go visit? Like, look at what your friends right. did. That was so beautiful. It moves me so much. A, it shows how much you care and how much you're loved and, and you know, and just showing up in any way. In any way in any way. And I think that's an important piece of this too, is that you, you don't have to show up perfectly 
you don't have to have all the answers. Honestly, your presence is often more than most people will even give. So um, it's worth it's worth thinking through that. And then it's also worth like, I'm curious for you, do you feel like, sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to yeah. go this deep. No, do it. Oh yeah, of course. But I'm curious, do you feel like, is this, would you have seen this in these people in other areas of your life or you feel like you're just experiencing it or experienced it inside of crisis where like, hey, I thought that you would be here for me and you're not here for me. Yeah, I think in crisis you get to see so much, right? And I think like the disillusionment is sad when you see people that, and but here's the thing, I have an empathy. I can understand maybe they've been disappointed by my mom and I don't know. Maybe they've gone through things that my mom wasn't there for that. Who knows? I don't know. Right. right? Only they know. But I'm kind of like, you know, guys, she's dying. Like whether Mm -hmm. it's today or tomorrow. um, And we've really, I mean, it's been my mission to keep her alive. And she's made it. We were celebrating with her, um, her oncologist yesterday. He's like, happy four years. And so, you know, with glioblastoma, it's, it's a real, real um, victory to be here four years later. Absolutely. My guys, like her birthday passed, like maybe like everybody get together and like send her a small bouquet of flowers, $20 doesn't have to be anything. Just, just to show her that you guys care and that you're thinking of her or something like it just boggles my mind. The, the barriers people put up where it's like, well, I don't even have the address. I'm already assuming the answers. I don't have the address. Well, that's real hard. Just send a text and ask for it. Or, you know, I don't have the time. It's like, really? You know, the time, like, are you going to, so I always say, are you going to send them when she's gone? Cause I don't mm. care about them then. Right. Cause that's the only time right. you're conditioned to do them. Give them while somebody's alive and they can enjoy them and say, wow, my such and such remembered me today. And Absolutely. so what's great about having a platform is you can kind of see the things that hurt you and you can share it with people and say like, Hey, maybe think about it like this. And the same thing for you. You're in the midst of so much right now and one can only imagine and your friends knew enough to know, let me just show up. And I think right. it's such a great example because there aren't examples. And that's why this is so great because you really share helpful information with people to know, oh, well, I tried this, this worked. Um, and I think that's the only way we learn. Absolutely. And that is always my goal is anything that I'm teaching is something that I have tried. I'm sort of taking all of this information, all these books, all these podcasts, all of this information that I have, and I'm trying to disseminate it in a way that it feels really easy to understand. And even if you read something about my journey and you're like, that doesn't work for me at all, then I'm hopeful that just understanding how I came by this information will encourage you. If I'm not the teacher for you, go find a teacher that is Mm -hmm. go. There's so much information out there. There's so much information out there for free that even just, I hope me walking you through my process of how I figured certain things out will give you, will, will spark something in you that makes you want to go find that for yourself. Yeah. So back to the people, not (laughs) you, when is it, on them or is it on you do you think when you say it's fine like because would you say it's fine to somebody yeah would you say it's fine to somebody that you know really wants to hear or are you saying it's fine to people you know really could give two shits like or don't really want to be bogged down because that's what it is you have to 
if you're going to go visit somebody who's sick, you have to mentally prepare that now your Saturday is going to be ruined because you got to go visit your aunt who's sick, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have time for that. Like, I'm so busy and I have like a whole life and whatever. Like, I'm so I'm wondering who it's on if you have an opinion either way. Well, so for me, um, I have to ask, like, what's my intention in this? And my intention in my life is always to show up honestly and authentically. And so I don't say that I'm okay when I'm not. I definitely used to. The people and people pleaser in me used to. But I mean, honestly, even if uh, you were to watch the press that I've done this week and Good Morning America, like massive shows, they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm okay. I'm not great. Um, normally the day a book comes out is celebration and it's exciting and you're so proud. And, um, this week is really hard. And I think that it makes people uncomfortable to hear that truth, but it's okay that we're having a hard time as everybody it's 2020, like the world is having a hard time. Totally. And there are moments of joy, right? There's moments of laughter. There's there's great days. And then there's also really hard days where you are navigating something new. Um, so I think for me, it's really important to be honest about who I am and what I'm doing and where I am. So that if you see me on social media, having a great time someday when we're allowed to go on vacation again, and I'm like <laughs> living my best life of a margarita, like know that I am living my best life. But then I feel like there's a responsibility that we have as people with platforms or even that I have, you know, as a mom to authentically live my life and not in a way that like pushes the burden on other people, but just is, is real. Um, so it really, I think depends on you because honestly, I don't care if someone doesn't care. That interaction is not about like, Oh, I'm about to talk to this person who really doesn't honestly care how I'm doing. That answer is about, did I get to show up in this day as myself? Mm. And I think as women, we are, we have been sort of forced or uh, talked to, you know, like we kind of get put into a box and we're told like, this is how you have to show up. This is what your hair needs to look like. This is what your makeup should be. These are your clothes. And having lived life like that for a very long time, I don't want to go backwards. Yeah. And so that might show up in really big ways, you know, and that might show up in in teeny tiny, like, I'm just going to speak my truth right now. So question on that. When you say I'm okay, it usually begs more questions. And if like for me, for example, if I'm not okay and I say it and someone is empathetic, I will lose my shit and start crying. And when you're on a Mm -hmm. book tour, I remember actually being on a book tour and not being okay. (gasps) Oh my God. I remember, dang, that was rough. I was on a book tour and I was suffering so badly in a toxic work environment. Mm. Like a re- I was really, really bad. And I remember being in Boston with a friend and I was about to like unleash. And she was like, let it out. And I go, no, I just got my makeup done and I have to be downstairs in 10 minutes. And this is more than a 10 minute long cry. So, okay. Right. And I, I literally did this, Rachel. I went, okay, um... In two weeks, I'm going to be in Bora Bora. I'm going to schedule my cry. And I scheduled my cry for freaking Bora Bora. And I shit you not. (laughs) I got got off the plane, got to the resort. My husband and I got on one of those little um, paddle boats, went out to the middle of the water, and heave cried as guttural cry as you can get for like two and a half hours. 
god. And I finally got it out, but you can't do it sometimes. Like if you right. allow yourself to go there, um because then people ask more and more questions and then once you start going down the rabbit hole, oh boy. <laughs> right. Right. Well, to me that's also like boundaries. So I think that it's absolutely okay to say I'm just okay, or I'm not having a great day. And then if there are more questions and that's not something that you feel comfortable digging into, you can shut that down, How do right? Do it, it doesn't have to be that sort of deep um, process, especially if it's not something that you feel comfortable with, or if it's not a time period where it's appropriate to do that. I think in this season for me, I have allowed myself the cry often. And I've absolutely um, watched sad movies and listened to sad songs and done things that would prompt me being able to process. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Emotions that I was struggling to kind of keep down. So make sure everyone's okay. And what that looks like in my life is I have certain times of the week where my kids are with me and certain times of the week where my kids are with their dad. And that's like, okay, time to let it all out. Like you're here by yourself. We're just going to go ahead and have a good cry because I think you have to process the way that you're feeling. At least for me in my life, my body will shut down. Like if I don't allow myself to process the stress that I'm carrying, my body will just be like, sorry, now we're going to collapse. Now you're going to go to total burnout. Now you're going to do whatever. And I'll be really honest with you and say that I have done this work on myself, that I've done all this therapy, that I've got to the place where I will process, not because I am naturally like a deeply in my feelings person, but because I am naturally an achiever. And I have a lot of things that I want to do. I have a business to run. I want to show up really well as a mama and a leader. And if my stress gets the better of me, then it um, takes over and it's a distraction. And it takes me a really long time to sort of get back into the swing of things. So I have, I, I wish that I could tell you that like, I'm, you know, an earth mother and I'm deep in my feelings and that's why I've done so much work. But it really is because I have learned but if I don't process this stuff, it's going to show up at the worst possible moment. Mm-hmm. And that's going to prohibit me from living out the life that I want to live. Yeah, whack-a-mole. Right. <laughs> so, so, oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, with your your divorce, 
you know, the fact that you are kind of leading by example and, and being so honest on a public tour, right? Um, what have responses been like from people? Well, I think what's interesting is um, the amount of people, the amount of reporters, especially, or the people who are doing interviews who in the minute before you start recording will say like, hey, I've gone through this. I've gone through this publicly. I, I know what this feels like. Um, I, I'm surprised at how many people have told me that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it didn't really occur to me until this week and people started to mention it um, in during COVID. Uh, it's awful, but divorce, the divorce rates are up 37%. And I think that's because our life slowed down Mm -hmm. and there wasn't so much noise. And suddenly all of the things that were kind of blocking out the parts that didn't work aren't there anymore. So I know that I'm not the only person inside of this. And what I was very conscious of was not wanting to just put on a pretty face and smile and act like everything's okay. Um, I really was very, very conscious of that. And I did a lot of research. I wanted to see like, okay, how do other people publicly handle this? And what do you typically do? And what is normal? And what I saw was mostly, um, you know, everything's okay and we're all fine. And then sort of really quickly kind of moving on to the next thing, whether that was um, an exciting like event or a new person or whatever, that it was like, almost like a, like, don't look over here, like, look over here, look at this thing. And um, I I just didn't want to show that because that's not my reality. And honestly, not one part of this process has, I've had a hard time finding information about how to do it the way that I'm trying to do it. Um, Like, I remember when, when we knew that we had to tell our kids, um, which was awful. Uh, oh, we did a imagine. ton of research about how how do you have that conversation? And all of this research that I found would say, um, use the fact that you have been fighting for months, like use that as the example for your kids about why they're here. But that's not our story. Mm. We haven't been fighting for months. That's not who we are as people. And so I couldn't find any information that was like for our particular um our particular situation. And so whenever I can't find something that I look for, I always assume that there must be other people out there, men and women who maybe are in a similar boat and maybe have a similar experience that I'm having. And so I just think, okay, well, if I can use my platform to speak honestly about what this feels like for me, maybe it will be helpful for other people like me. And I don't presume to think that I have the answers for everybody, but there must be other people, there must be other families like ours who know that it's the right choice, but are off also deeply pained over this having to be the right choice. Mm. Um, and so I just want to keep speaking truthfully about what that looks like so that hopefully other people can find solidarity. Yeah. How did you guys tell your kids if you can share? Um yeah, I mean, we just, we sat down everybody together. We spoke really honestly. Um, we, you walk into that situation knowing, and I say this in the book, like I'm going to break my kid's heart. Yeah. Like I'm about to go do this thing. And that is brutal. Um, but I also, um, 
it was really important to me and uh, and ultimately what sort of got us to this place was I had this realization one day where I was like I don't want this to be the example for them um the example would be like these two best friends who work in like all of these ways but then in these ways over here these really fundamental ways there are parts of this that are deeply unhealthy and I don't want my children to see that as the example of what a relationship is supposed to be. So um, yeah, we did it together and um, we did it as a family. Our, our daughter's too little to understand. So we just talked to the boys and it's been, I wanna say maybe a little over four months now and everyone asked how the kids are and they are resilient and um, I, and I don't, I'm not naive to say that this has been easy for them, but they are um, doing incredibly well. And I think they're doing better than I could have hoped for, which isn't to say that there aren't still, you know, really sad moments for them. But I think that the reason they're doing as well as they are is that we are so committed to their health and their emotional well-being in this and even on the days where we do not like each other and that has absolutely happened more than once we are like united front we are a family we're going to sit down to dinner we are going to do these things together because that is we couldn't find information that mm. sort of had guidance for us but that was the decision we came to for ourselves was that we wanted them to know there's always this is always a family we are always in this thing together um and we have that has played out for them over the last um several months wow i'm gonna go into some of this other stuff i marked up in here let's see what else we have to uh oh yes okay um it often takes a life-changing crisis to remind us which parts of our life are worth living I had forgotten so many things in the hectic pace of life and work and being a mama and a wife. I was going a hundred miles an hour because that felt like the speed required to be all things to all people. And then I loved her like, I don't do drugs, but damn, did I wish I was a stoner in March of 2020. I was like, yes, she is I me. Did. I mean, it's like this year, right? This This year is so it's crazy and it really is i know i sound like you know a book or something but like it really is a conscious decision that you have to make that you're going to come out the other side of this experience as a better version mm -hmm. of yourself yep because you know so many of us started 2020 right like we were like this is the year this is our golden year 2020 vision like it's all the things <laughs> and now we find ourselves and it's like if you look it's just a dumpster fire the internet's a mess social media like people are it's yeah. wild and i still feel like i will come out the other side of this year better than i went into it mm -hmm. i you know it's like you are gonna walk through hell you better come out the other side of it as something greater because we do have that choice. I, I just believe that we have the choice to be better or worse, but it is a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. And I am every day living that out in real time. And some days I can see a month down the road and some days I'm like, all right, let's get through the next hour. That's what I can do. I can get through the next hour. Um, but I'm going to keep showing up to the best of my ability and you know, 
I am excited to see what this year was preparing me for because I know we don't have the answers yet. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I, I love looking back later and going like, Oh, that was why. I think you said something in here too, where it's like, we're not always going to know why. Right. Um, Right. But I love this too. When humans go through something hard, they react in one of two ways. They come out the other side either better or worse. It's impossible to walk through hell and leave it the same way you went in. Um, it's it's so important, I think, for people to kind of understand that there's no kind of playbook for crisis, right? Right. Um, I talk about it in terms of cancer all the time. Like, there's no playbook for how to handle right. that kind of news and that instant change in your life. Um, right. Right. Well, you know, and I think of this, like in writing this book, I was trying to take so much um, pain from my past and and sort of put lessons to it because I really do want to look at life and see that it was happening for me, right? Like, okay, how are these things for me and how, right? Not to me. I know you know this. My favorite. Yeah. Exactly. So then I even think of this with you. Like, cause I'm constantly looking for like, where's the lesson in this experience of like you walking through this experience with your mom and you're going, how do these people not know how to show up right now? And I think I'm forgetting her name, but there was this um, incredible artist several years ago who made greeting cards. She had gone through cancer and she made greeting cards and they were like, what you really want someone to say when you get cancer. It was <laughs> not like sympathy. It was That's like, amazing. I didn't hear this. This sucks. Like, I'm so sorry. Cancer is like, it, they were great. She got a ton of press. I'm totally forgetting her name. But I think of something like that for you is in this experience, like, what will you look back and be able to see that this was for Like, is there something you're going to create for this? Mm-hmm. Is you, you've said it twice now. Like there's no guidebook. Maybe you should write one. I know. Like maybe that, maybe there's something in this where you're not that this, this is, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on your show. Yes. Am I allowed to cuss on your show? Yeah. This is fucking awful. I this know. is awful. Yeah. I hate that you're going through this as a family. It's the worst. And it's not to say that if you could find some meaning in that, that it will have been worth it because it's not worth it. It's just sometimes in life, some stuff is just shit, right? Yeah. But in that, there is something. There is something. And I just, I approach life in a way that's like, okay, I don't know why I was hurt in this way. I don't know why this happened as it did. But if you could find meaning in that, then at least there's some like solace. At least it freaking meant something. Yeah. Instead of just that you had to walk through this and people are assholes and they didn't show up the way <laughs> they should have. I know. I know. I think, um, you know, what's funny is I almost started writing a book in January about all of this and then something didn't feel right about it and I I didn't take the deal and I said I'm just gonna wait on this mm-hmm. and um and so yeah I feel like I'm I'm getting to do a lot because of what we've gone through like I know that with this show we're helping people every day and I know that I'm able to share what we've learned and what I've psychotically like researched for my mom's health I'm helping other people apply it to their situation so that they can get better as well um you know because I think the medical system 
is amazing for what it is, but we have to see it for what it isn't too. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't set up for um, for some of the things that you need, right? Like you need to optimize your immune system if you're going to kill it with chemo. <laughs> so my mom, her radiologist was like, I firmly believe that her success has been um, really predicated on what you guys have done to optimize her immune system. And we've, you know, gone to Mexico and we've done all this other stuff. And it's not just, Hey, let's leave our health at your doorstep doctor. And just assume that you with your 15 minutes you have are going to be able to do everything. Now, God bless my mom's doctor. He spends a lot of time with her, but, um, I think, uh, the average doctor doesn't have the time and then there's no individualized care. So it's like kind of like a one size fits all and everyone's so individual and so different. So I feel like I've learned so much about that and helping people. And so I definitely will get to that um, and and do that. I'm doing it in my like smaller ways right now, but um, it is something that I want to do in a bigger way because I think that it's it's not brain surgery. <laughs> it's It's just a few things to really consider that a lot of people don't. Um, So maybe my book will be called, Have You Considered? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But thank you for that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I was reading in here about, um, you know, grief and a lot of people are, have lost someone they loved in this pandemic and the added grief of not having funerals and, and, you know, properly saying goodbye or even getting to be in the hospital with them is so hard that I wanted to end with, um, your advice on grief, because I really, really loved your perspective, which is another part of this book. Um, I really loved your perspective on not being so hyper-focused on their absence. And obviously you've gone through um, the loss of, it was your brother mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, yeah. you've had a lot of grief. So yeah. Um, um, so for me, I, um, it's, I did not choose this day for the book to come out, but this is actually the anniversary of my brother's death. Mm. Um, it, and I don't believe in coincidence. And so the publisher originally picked, I think 10 dates when it could possibly come out. And I picked all but today. And then they kept narrowing the list down. Oh, this retailer doesn't like it. And this retailer and just kept, and it finally came back and they just kept saying, really September 29th feels like the day. And like I said, I, I, I just thought like, okay, universe I don't know why but all right Uh, there's something beautiful about maybe reclaiming this day and what it means to me or what it has meant to my family but I will tell you that when my older brother uh, my older brother committed suicide and um, every year as September would come around it would be debilitating Mm -hmm. you know that date was coming and it was so terrifying that date really controlled not just my life but for my parents and the rest of our family and it was awful And over time that started to shift and change. And I always feel like you've gotten to a beautiful place in your grief journey when you can start to focus more on the day they were born instead of the day that they died. Because when I was able to celebrate Ryan's birthday and when that had more meaning in my life than the day that we lost him, then I had really, um, not to say that the grief wasn't there, I will miss him for the rest of my life. But it was then a celebration of his life and it became about who he was, not the way that he died. Mm-hmm. And what I what I think is so interesting, um, 
I, I really do go through life. I'm looking for meaning in everything. And so I, I'm like two weeks ago, I was um, making my green smoothie in the morning as I do every day. And I was wearing, I, I only have two things of my brother still. I have um, his ring, which I'm wearing today because of what today is. And then I have a t-shirt, one of his favorite t-shirts. And I've worn it a million times. It is, you know, 35 years old, like it's so old. And, um, but it's my favorite. And I, I didn't ever want to like put it away in the closet. Cause I thought you're never going to remember it. Like that doesn't seem like it doesn't, it seems like sort of, um, you should celebrate it. So wear the shirt. So I'm wearing the shirt and I'm going to make my green smoothie and I have a brand new jar of almond butter. Uh -oh. And it's the kind that's like, you know, that's just like just crushed up almonds. And I rip open the jar of almond butter and there's almond oil at the top and mm -hmm. it spills all over the shirt. And I knew as soon as I did it, I was like, that's not coming out. A straight oil that I'm not going to dye this shirt. But I put stuff on it and I, you know, try and wash it and it comes out and I um, see and then the whole front of the shirt is stained with oil. And um, there is a time when that would have uh, gutted me. And um, I could hear him laughing in my mind of just like, sis, what in the world? Like, this is so dumb. Like, what a stupid reason to be upset right now. And I thought, if he was here, he'd want you to be wearing the shirt. And if he was here, he would think that the stain made it better. And if he was here, like, he would think the smoothie was disgusting. He would ask why you're not eating, like, biscuits and gravy, right? And so what I thought about that moment was that grief is an evolution, right? It is an evolution. It is not a, it's not a stagnant thing. It does not say the same. The way that I felt when he died, the way that I felt five years later or 10 years later, or how I will feel when I'm 80 will be different. And there was a time when that moment would have destroyed me. There was a time when today would have destroyed me when I would have been in bed right now, not able to have a conversation with you. And I just say that to anybody who's hurting right now, who's going through grief of over something is that the pain won't go away, but it becomes something new and different. And I do think that there's beauty in that evolution. And I wouldn't trade, um, I wouldn't trade away the experience of um, feeling the pain that I felt. You know, if you're gonna have to go through this thing, if you're gonna have to feel this pain, then I hope that you learn something in the process. Um, yeah. Wow, you got us all crying in here. Kelsey's losing it over there. Um, I think, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure the shift isn't easy to go from looking at, like when my cousin was killed in a car crash and March 12th was always like, would I just would, you know, think of the doom of that day constantly. And then, so, so, I mean, I mean, ugh, God, how many years have gone by? It was 1994. It's still every day up until just the last few years with my mom and I, because my attention had to shift so much where I, you know, I was dealing with like a life and death thing every single day. So, you know, I still remember him and I still, but there it's, it's shifted now a little bit um, mm -hmm. because you have to focus on the living, right? Right. Right. And so I think it's a great tip to really try to help people in this moment to see, can you start to shift into 
like their birth date instead and and celebrate that and the second you spilled that on yourself I could hear him laughing at you and I don't even know right. him but I know right. he was probably hysterically laughing at yeah. you yeah um, like of course he did yeah. plus like he was my big brother like that we would have thought that was hilarious yeah. and I'm gonna still wear the hell out of that shirt yeah. like it just has a new story right there's yep. just something new about it and that's what this looks like for all of us is there's there's 2020 will be a new part of our story and it doesn't mean that it's bad just because it's hard yeah that's what life's all about right is how we're gonna how we're gonna choose to go through this journey we're here (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's not gonna always be sunshine and rainbows like rocky said but Mm -hmm. it's really about how we how we kind of go through and and what we can learn. I think that's a really great point. What can we learn from it? Um, and I think why we all end up with pain is so that we can be empathetic. And I I totally agree. And the help, strength that you gain. Absolutely. And help pay it forward, right? So thank you so much um, for taking the time. I know you have to jump on to so many other interviews, but I think uh, I think today was meant to be for you to to kind of um adjust this day in your mind because i think he's gonna he's gonna help you right with this book and i know it's gonna be a huge seller so and this is really important information no one knows how to deal with grief and um and we all need help with it you know so i love it i love the book i love you thank you for for being here thank you for shifting into this book because we needed it right now and the other one will come out when when it's needed to right thank you and please go take the enneagram test oh for sure 15 minutes and it will blow your mind for sure going to do that and if you guys haven't already her new book didn't see that coming (laughs) came out yesterday was it yesterday or today today oh today yeah yeah um can be found wherever books are sold everything else you need to know about rachel can be found on her website www.hollisco.com we will put the link to that in the summary of this episode so you guys can easily just click and get it um thank you so much i hope to see you soon thank you. yeah me too all you right. all have a good day take thank care you. oh man <laughs> i'm like i end up crying at on every show Oof. Oof. she's amazing yeah she's great amazing really really great um where yeah. does she where did she say she lived Austin. she is gosh was in Nashville. It's now in Baltimore, I believe. But I think she is actually traveling for press. So I need to figure that out. Oh, interesting. I Google. So she's curious. born in California. So yeah, born huh. in California. Interesting. Well, that was awesome. Great job booking Rachel. Um, she's incredible. If you like today's episode, you should consider checking out our episode with beloved author Elizabeth Gilbert. It's episode sixty-four, where we talk about other amazing grief strategies. As we said, a lot of people are dealing with grief. Um, and you know what? The invisible grief is mourning someone while they're still here, right? Mm-hmm. So that is the invisible grief grief that I've been dealing with with my mom is yep. mourning who she was and starting to accept who she's becoming along the way um, is really a whole other thing. Um, so keep that in mind. Tomorrow, we're going to be featuring President of Seven Bucks Productions. Uh 
That is The Rock's company, otherwise known as Dwayne Johnson, but for the most of us, he's The Rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is his producing partner, Hiram Garcia, who is going to be live from Atlanta where they're shooting um, Red Notice. Red Notice, yeah. Yep. Um, And that is it for us, guys. If you want to reach us at bettertogetherwithmaria at gmail.com, you can. You can visit mariamenunos.com. You can figure it. Find us at Instagram at bettertogetherwithmaria, um, at Rachel Hollis, at Jeffrey Cringram, at Kelsmeyer2. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.